Once was a land of woe and strife Where the people were bereft of hope They prayed to their gods of might and light To deliver the heroes of old Instead they got Heroes, did you hear the quotes in my voice of moral ambiguity? They may help or may not help you at all, depends on what's in it for them. They kick and they punch and they maul and they smash, they lie and they scheme and they burn and they slash. Succeed or fail, it has to the tell, dungeons and debacles starts now. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. I am your Dungeon Master, Kevin. Everyone's been off for the holidays, so it's time for another bonus episode. I hope you've been enjoying these. They're fun to put together, and they let me tell you what's going on in other parts of the world and what's happening to characters we've left behind, at least for the moment. This time we find ourselves back where we started, in the city of Kala, as we tell the story of what happened to Tivit's adoptive father, Micah, after his son was murdered. The last time we saw him, he forsook Arathus and vowed revenge on his son's killer right before the temple was burned. Hope you enjoy this bonus tale, and we'll be back next week with a regular episode. It was a rainy morning in the city of Kala. Even so, the docks were bustling with workers and sailors as they offloaded and loaded cargo from the ships. Six cloaked figures walked the dock streets this morning with a purpose. Tales would be told for generations after this that they saw them approach the greasy palm with fire in their eyes. But most spinners of those tales probably didn't notice or weren't even there. Micah, the adopted father of Tivit and widower of Duggan, the priest of Arathus, knocked hard enough on the door of the greasy palm to rattle it on its hinges. After a few seconds, Davik, the totally legitimate business owner, opened the door and stared at the tall, leather-skinned man. Davik broke a smile. Here for a massage, Micah? I didn't think we would be your type of establishment. There's a men's bathhouse in the North Docks that might be more to your liking. <laughs> Micah's eyes narrowed. No, Davik. I'm not here for a lard-fingered handjob you pass off as therapy. So what is it that you want? Is this God business? I'm not with the God anymore, Davik. I have a new higher purpose now. May I introduce you to my new friends? Davik's eyes went wide as he just now recognized the people with Micah. Towering behind Micah was a silver dragonborn with a huge greatsword at his back, dressed in dull plate mail. This was called the Inquisitor, a paladin of Bahamut. The half-elf woman with silver hair in the chainmail and brown cloak at Cull's side was Lox, the priest. A brave, to the point of suicidal if the tells are to be believed, adherent of Cord. The bald gnome man in the black robes and cloak was the sharp-tongued archmage Jordan Thresh, one of the most powerful wizards outside the Tower of Insight. He was currently scratching his leg with his legendary staff, Warsong. The halfling man with the salt and pepper curly hair in the dark brown leather and forest green cloak was Orin the detective. 
He had a jeweled eye patch over his left eye and a deep scar that ran down to his mouth that pulled his lip into a slight grin. And last but definitely not least was the tall blonde human man in the red tunic and wide brim hat. He was unmistakable. This was Master Bard Eric Tellwright, one of the most famous teller of tells in, well, probably the world. Micah gave a slight smile as he saw the recognition wash over Davik's face. It's not every day you actually meet legends. And if the companions are at your door, well, chances are it can't be good for you. He noticed the smile left Davik's face. Good, he thought to himself. This might go easier than he thought. Huh. I see no introduction is necessary. But to be clear, these are the companions, and we wish to have a talk with you, Davik. You will want to give the ladies a day off. We have much to discuss with you, Micah said wryly. May we come in, Master Davik? It's wetter than I like out here, said the bard, shaking off the rain. Yes, yes, of course. Where are my manners? Please come in and take off your wet cloaks. The cloak rack is in the corner. Ladies, you have the rest of the day off. Please clear the house. Davik said, raising his voice so the entire building could hear. Micah heard Davik's voice crack a little. He's scared, he thought. Good. After a few awkward minutes of the companions and Davik staring at each other, the ladies gathered themselves and began to file out of the house, some with their heads down. Others stared in awe as they recognized their guests. One actually stopped for a moment and whispered something to the bard. Tellwright laughed. Not today, dear. Perhaps I'll find you later, when our business is done here. After the last woman left, Davik closed the door and cleared his throat. Let me fetch some wine. That won't be necessary, said the massive dragonborn. What kind of host would I be if I didn't offer you wine? I insist. With that, Davik spun on his heels and disappeared into the back of the building. Five minutes went by before the wizard impatiently nodded to Cull. Will you please go get him? The doors and windows are wizard locked. You aren't leaving until we say so. That is, if we say so. The paladin said in a booming voice. What's that? I'll be right out. Just having some trouble with this, uh, cork. Davik said from the back of the building. The wizard snorted. He's tried every door and window on this floor. Will someone go get that arsehole? This place reeks of coconut oil and... He bit his tongue as he noticed Locks giving him a warning look. Uh, other things. I don't want to linger in this knuckle brothel any longer than necessary. Do you? Davik entered the parlor with a tray of cups and bottles of wine. Micah noticed that Davik was breathing hard and should probably change his shirt. He was really sweating now. My apologies. Here we go. Davik said as he set the tray down on the table and began to pour the wine. After he finished filling the cups, he lifted his cup and frowned as no one else moved to take one. Well, don't be rude. Davik said in nervous, faux offense. The bard gave a questioning look at the priest. It's clean, not good, but not poisoned, said Locks. 
The bard and the rogue took a cup, but only Eric drank. Have a seat, Davik. We may be here a while, said Orn as he swirled the wine in his cup. Davik took a long swig and sat back into a cushioned chair. He noticed the companions were not making a move to sit and frowned. So what is it that you want, Micah? Davik said, topping off his cup. Don't play coy with me, you palm peddler. You know why we're here. I knew you were shady, but I would never thought you capable of what you've done. Micah seethed. <laughs> Micah, you wound me. Surely I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a legitimate businessman. Davik feigned defense. Now, now, Micah, if you're going to journey with us, you must learn to control that temper of yours. There may be plenty of use for that later. Orin sounded almost annoyed with Micah. Do you know of the vanguard, Davik? The halfling said as he looked into his cup and picked out something with his finger. No, I... No, I can't say I know what that is. Is it a new sports team in the city? Davik tried to joke and failed, judging by the looks of the people in the room. Orn flicked wine from his finger as he studied Davik for a long moment. Davik thought he could feel something from behind that eye patch, staring into him, and he repressed a shudder. No, no sports team, but that does tell me something, but we'll get to that. The halfling took a sip from his cup and grimaced. Not many do know of them. The Vanguard, they are, I should say, we are somewhat secretive. You see, after the Saviors defeated Ruin, they created an organization to keep tabs on her followers and guard against any attempt to return her to this plane. That organization named themselves the Vanguard. They keep to themselves mostly and don't draw too much attention to themselves. We try not to mix in too much. We watch and wait and stamp out troublesome sects of ruined cultists when they start making too much noise. You know, that sort of thing. Davik adjusted himself in his seat, looking uncomfortable. Which brings us here. You and your red talent friends have been making quite the noise in the city recently. Davik laughed at that. <laughs> Me? A red talon? Horseshit! The red talons are a child's tale to get them to behave. You might as well have named me the boogeyman. <laughs> Come now, Davik. Don't waste our time denying it. We know your friends killed the mayor of Kala, his wife, and several bodyguards. They killed dozens of priests and paladins of Arathis and destroyed their temple. All of that may have been ignored by the Vanguard if your cultist friends hadn't also stolen the Ring of Plains. Davik's face went pale and he stuttered. What? That's a lie. I had no pot in any of that. Orrin shook his head and then nodded to the priest. Locks pulled her holy symbol from around her neck. It was an eight-pointed star on a silver chain and began to chant. What? 
What is she doing? Don't be casting magic in my place. I have rights, you know, Davik protested. What you have to understand, Davik, is you don't have rights where we're concerned. We are the highest authority in these matters, and since the investigators of the city are obviously too inept to deal with something this far above them, we came when we heard word. The government of Kala is well aware of our investigation, and has given us free reign to conduct our investigation and punish those responsible. Davik swallowed hard. He was a good judge of lies, and this wasn't one of them. His face was a mask of horror. We could have done this the easy way, Master Davik, Orin said as he gave a sad smile. The spell Lox is casting isn't dangerous, per se, but maybe it is dangerous to you. She is just making it so you can't lie to us. We don't want to waste time beating the truth out of you. Although, I would imagine Cull and Micah wouldn't mind that diversion at all. My questioning won't hurt unless you refuse to answer. Then we will have to take more aggressive measures to get you to talk. At that, Micah smiled through gritted teeth. Please, do me the kindness of giving me a reason to hurt you, Davik. Davik shrank back into his seat and wiped sweat from his brow with the back of his hand. His eyes shifted from the companions to the front door behind them. He then began to do the calculation in his head. Six of them, one of me. If I go right past the bard and cleric, I might make it to the door before the paladin or Micah tackles me. The bard, seeing the glance in his direction, laughed and produced a dagger from his sleeve with a flourish. <laughs> You'll find me no easy passageway, my friend. Best you don't exert yourself. It could get stabby. At that, the rest of the group laughed, except for Micah, whose expression never changed. His eyes never left Davik. Warren took another sip from his wine. So, let's try this again. Do you deny you work for the Red Talons? Davik stared at Orin in silence, his jaw working back and forth. The halfling looked at Micah and nodded toward Davik. Micah crossed the room and without a word, punched Davik hard in the nose. Bloody hells! Davik shrieked as his hands flew to his now-ruined nose, which was streaming blood. Warren let out a sigh. <sighs> Do you see how this game of ours works now? You don't answer our questions. You get hurt. It's very simple. Now I will ask again. Do you work for or with the Red Talons, Davik? I don't want to start taking toes this early in our conversation. Davik was shocked when the word yes came out of his mouth. That wasn't what he was going to say. He meant to say no. He thought the word no. He began to shout the word no, but when he opened his mouth, the word yes came out. 
His eyes bulged when he realized what he had just done. He had just damned himself. Good. Now that that's out of the way, and we know the zone of truth is working, let's get down to the answers we don't already know, Warren said smugly. Davik knew that he'd been beat, and there was no way of getting out of this short of an army at his back. But even that might not be enough against the companions. Davik was not a brave man, but not exactly a coward. But he could do the math and was pragmatic about his situation. He decided that getting out of this with as little pain as possible was probably for the best. They may end up killing him, but there was no use in being tortured. Maybe he could make a deal. <sighs> Fine. You got me. I did work for the Red Talons, but it's not like I'm one of them. I will tell you what I know. I can help you. There's no reason to hurt or kill me, Davik said with as much composure as he could muster. He was going to try to keep his pride if he could. Unfortunately, that isn't something I can promise you. But I can promise you this. If justice demands your death, it will be swift and painless. We aren't monsters, said Orin sympathetically. Did you speak truly when you said you did not know of the vanguard? Davik swallowed hard. Yes, I, I did not know who they were. Orin tapped his finger to his mouth. That means you are pretty low rung on the ladder. A little surprising for a cellmaster in this large of a city, I must say. Did you know that the mayor's guard Terran Lin had stolen the Ring of Plains? Uh, only weeks after the fact, Davik said meekly, trying to staunch the blood coming from his nose with a handkerchief. Hmm. That means you weren't in on the plan, which confirms you are low on the ladder. Who has the ring now? Davik paused for a long moment. Warren nodded to Micah once again, who began to pull back his fist. If, if I tell you that, he'll, he'll kill me. Warren frowned. We will kill you too, eventually and unpleasantly, if you don't answer the question. I, I, I can't. You will... Orin said as he nodded to Micah once again. Micah this time pulled out a long knife from a sheath at his side and grabbed Davik's hand, forcing out his pinky finger. He began to cut into Davik's finger when he yelped, Stop! Stop! Alright! Alright! It was... it was Sish. It was the Black Dragonborn Sish. He's an enforcer for the talents. He has the ring as far as I know, and no, I don't know where he is. Davik said as he strained in vain to pull his hand away from Micah's iron grip. The paladin chuckled. <laughs> Sish, a nasty one that fellow is. Surely you must know when he gets one of us on your doorstep. You're going to get a visit from others in your organization. Not nearly as polite as we are. I doubt that conversation will be painless no matter what you tell them. Then, of course, they will kill you. Best you can hope for is to run and live out your days in a cave. That is, if we let you, the wizard chimed in. 
So, Sish is your contact? Warren asked, sipping from his wine. I get orders from him, but rarely. I don't have a contact, I just get orders now and then, usually by letter, and I never see the messenger. Listen, I'm not a red talon, I don't believe in any of this stuff about them being a god or returning or any of that nonsense. I've also heard she's already returned. It's all kid stuff. I'm just a businessman. I take their money and arrange things. That's all. Micah still had the knife pressed against Davik's pinky finger. Blood was beginning to pull around the blade. So, who gave the order to destroy the Temple of Arathus? The priest asked him patiently. Sish! Who gave the orders to unleash the kobolds on this city? Micah growled. I don't know. I wasn't involved in any of that, and just as surprised as anyone else. Those filthy creatures. Filthy even for cultists. And who gave the order to kill the mayor and his wife? The gnome asked, almost absently. Sish did. Why? Look, Sish sent that group he was hiding here to find out what the mayor knew about the other artifacts, and to prove they were trustworthy. They returned with a book with clues where to find them, and they also said they found a way to find Ruin's egg. At that, the room fell silent. The paladin coughed, <laughs> visibly shaken. Repeat what you just said. They were sent here to find out what the mayor knew about the other artifacts. No, the part about Ruin's egg, you fool. They said they found an amulet that's part of a map to find Ruin's egg in the Temple of the Raven Queen in the Witching Woods. Whatever that means. They said they also found a book of the mayor's mansion that told a tale about it. Orin turned and gave a stern look to the wizard. This is ill news, Joran said grimly. Who was this group sent to the mayor's mana? I want names and descriptions, Orin said, visibly trying to compose himself. Davik noticed this and thought this must be really serious if the companions were worried. What the hells did he get himself into? There was this human bard named Alexander. He was about average height and build, good looking, but not really anything that stood out about him. There was the former college guard named Juliet. She was a red dragonborn and carried this fancy magic halberd. There was a half-elf monk named Alunidas. He was wearing these fancy green and silver robes when he came back from the mayor's house. Those stood out. There was a middle-aged human druid named Gwendolyn with some really weird ideas about health and such. And the one person you probably can't miss was a hell-sworn human named Adel. Big guy with a sword. Looked like a noble by his stock, but incredibly uncouth. Sounded like he was from Karn Lee by his accent, by my estimation. At the mention of a hell-sworn, Cull, the silver dragonborn paladin, spit on the floor and gave a ward against evil with his hands. When Micah hears the name Alexander and Juliet, he growled, cut off Davik's pinky finger in an almost absent-minded stroke, and grabbed the man by the throat. Micah leaned into Davik's shrieking face and said, Speak true, worm! Did Alexander and Juliet kill my son, Tivit, and my husband, Duggan? Davik squirmed in his chair, trying to pull Micah's hands from his throat. But Micah was too strong. 
Blood was streaming from his now missing finger and covering his face and Micah's arm. I can't breathe. Micah released his grip enough for Davik to speak and screamed, Answer me! I don't know, but I know there were sish with you when it happened. I don't know for sh- sure who killed them. Let's <laughs> be true. I, did, I had nothing to do with it. Were these the same Alexander and Juliet that named themselves the companions in this city? The bard said. <sighs> yes. They also had a warlock and a beast, beast man with them. I heard the beast came back to the city and told her their crime. He said only he, Juliet, and Alexander survived. <coughs> he said the dragonborn and the barn turned on Tivet, Anamanti, and Duggan. He left soon after the guards and Alexander and Juliet in custody before they escaped and came here. They didn't tell me what happened other than Sish made them an offer they couldn't refuse. And where are these imposter companions now? And Micah, let go of his throat. It makes it difficult to understand him, Oren said patiently. Micah took his hand away from his throat, but still loomed over the man. I, I sent them to Carnley on a ship named the Sea Witch. They left weeks ago. And who is the contact in Conley? The cleric said impatiently. I don't know. I just know the contact is at the Rusty Anchor. They don't tell me anything else. They keep things secret and separate between the cells. I just do what I'm told. And I'm a facilitator. That's, that's all. We are going to need names of the Red Talons in this city. Oren said, nodding to the Dragonborn to fetch a paper and quill on a desk in the parlor. Yes, 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 yes. I'll write them down for you. The paladin took the writing implements from the desk and put them in front of Davik. Unfortunately for Davik, his strong hand appeared to be the one that was now missing a finger. He pulled a handkerchief from his pocket and tried to wrap his hand to stop the bleeding before he began to write. It didn't work that well, and blood began to drip onto the paper. All of them, please, from the highest to the low, said the Archmage Joran. After a few minutes, Davik said, There, everyone in Kala that I know with Red Talon business. Warren began to read, tracing his finger down the paper until he stopped halfway down the page. After a moment of studying the name, he looked up from the paper and said uneasily, Nifron, you say you dealt with a human who named himself Nifron? Yes, that's what he called himself. He's a good thief. I hired him for several jobs. Not even sure he was a talent, just good at his job. Davik looked confused. Why was Nifron important? Or dangerous enough to make a companion uneasy? He was just a rogue for hire. It could be a coincidence, the priest said. Except that name is ancient. Doubtful anyone would know it. It would have to be one hells of a coincidence, the wizard said, looking vexed. Are you sure he was a human? Describe him. Davik thought for a moment. He's a human, 
um, thin build and average height. He's usually dressed in black leather armor and a black cloak. He carries a rapier and a weird-looking long-pointed dagger with hooks along the hilt. Was there anything unusual about this knife, Ron? The mage asked. Yeah, there was actually something odd. He's got a strange scar on his forehead. Kind of, I don't know, looks like a spider. For the second time, the room went silent for a long moment, and the companions looked at each other. If Davik didn't know better, he would have thought that look was worry. <sighs> this can't be ignored, the priest said dryly. No, it can't. But we have more pressing matters at the moment. Davik, do you know where this Nifron is at the moment? No, I haven't seen him since he left the group. Why is he so important? That's really none of your concern, Master Davik, but we will take care of it, the priest said dryly. I've told you everything I know. Is there anything else you need? Yes, unfortunately for you, we will require your life, the dragonborn said grimly. Davik began to cry. <sighs> I know there is no use pleading for my life. I've done some, some terrible things. I, I know that. Please, just make it quick. Yes, that much I have promised you, but I'm afraid we must make an example of you, Davik. There are trying times ahead, and it must be known that the Red Talents must not be suffered in this town or anywhere else. The halfling said sadly. The rain had turned into a mist by late afternoon. The companions had rallied the Kala Guard, and those guards had found most of the names on the list. To the surprise of some, more than a few of those names belonged to the guards. By the time Davik was led out into the square in front of the mayor's mansion by the guards, a large crowd had gathered to witness the spectacle. They began to boo and scream cultist and talon and evil as he came into their sight. Davik winced as he saw most of the red talons in the city were swaying gently in the breeze from their necks on a hastily constructed gallows. His letter had damned them all. Davik counted and took in their faces. He knew most of them well. He even liked a few of them. He took a deep breath as he was marched out into the front of the gallow. He didn't beg. He didn't cry. He would maintain some pride as he went to his death. He had made peace with what was about to happen next. He'd made his choices, and this was the result. They stopped in front of the gallows, and he saw the companions and Micah waiting there for him. After a moment, the bard Eric Tellwright began casting a spell. His voice boomed across the square as he spoke. The rumors you have heard are true. The Red Talons, the Dragon Cult of Ruin, are no child's tale. They are real. They have wreaked havoc upon your city in the past weeks. 
They murdered your mayor, Tobin Reese, and his wife. They are responsible for the murders of priests and paladins of Arathus and the destruction of their temple. The cultists set filthy kobolds upon your city to kill and cause chaos. This evil will not stand, and we shall not fear, for they are all cowards that cling to the shadows. May ye all know this. We who stand before you are the companions, and we stand in the light. We are the vanguards of the legendary saviors who fought and defeated the evil dragon ruin so many years ago. Your city is now under our protection. These cultists seek to steal the artifacts that banished ruin to the abyss. Know that we will not allow this to happen. Let the word spread from this city and this day that the Red Town shall be haunted to the mouth. If you have heard any rumor of their activity, report it to the town guard without delay. We have rooted out their evil in this city. You see the result of that hunt behind us swinging from these gallows. Before you, you see their leader, Davik, owner of the disgusting greasy palm massage parlor in the southern docks. His treachery and deceit will be punished before you today. Let the word spread. The allies of ruin will not be suffered on this plane. What do you have to say for yourself, Davik? I... Davik was surprised to hear his own voice booming across the square. This was the bard's magic, no doubt. I... I regret what I've done. I thought they were all fools who believed in children's tales and took their money. I know now the evil I've wrought upon the city that I love. I... I beg your forgiveness. Forgiveness is something we simply cannot give you for your crime, Davik. Justice has finally caught up to you this day. The crowd roared at this. The dragonborn paladin Cole pulled the great sword from its scabbard at his back, and divine radiance glowed from the blade. Micah raised his hand to stay the dragonborn stroke and whispered into Davik's ear, May you burn in the hells for what you've done, Davik. You will be joined shortly by Alexander and Juliet if it's the last thing I do. You worm of a man. Davik flinched as if he'd already been struck by the paladin's blade. Micah pulled away from Davik and nodded to Cull. The dragonborn raised the blade above his head. May you find peace with whatever god you follow. You do not deserve it. You have wrought much evil in this life, and it is my pleasure and duty to end you. The crowd cheered as the paladin's glowing blade came down and separated Davik's head from his body. 
Many would call this the Day of Reckoning. Word spread throughout the kingdoms of Suel over the next few months that the Red Talons were real and a threat. The vanguard of the Saviors were no longer a secret, and now they were on the hunt. No Red Talon cultist was safe. Neighbors turned on neighbor, and paranoia became the order of the day. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Dungeons & Debacles podcast. A lot of people say this, but we really do want to hear from you. Are we shinier than a platinum piece? We're stankier than a cobalt's loincloth. Let us know what you liked and didn't like. Everything helps this make a better podcast for you. Got an idea for monsters, items, and commercials? Let us know about it. You might hear it in the show. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Dungeons & Debacles Podcast. We also have a website where you can learn more about the characters, lore, and maps of this world. You'll also find articles about Dungeons & Dragons and a whole lot more. Just search Dungeons & Debacles Podcast. Do you think the government of Luskane is spying on you and you don't have a social media account? Then email us at dungeondebacle at gmail.com. You can also check out the theme song and all the commercials you heard on the podcast on our YouTube account. Just search Dungeons & Debacles Podcast. New episodes come out every Sunday, so check your podcast app. And now a word from this week's sponsor. Matt Cedric's got the deals. I'm Matt Cedric of Matt Cedric's Discount Goods and Adventures Emporium. Is your cleric a creep? Is your druid a drag? Try our healing potions. They put pep in your step and get you back in the fight. A healing potion will never try to convert you to a god or get into a moral debate with you. Just drink it and feel better about the decisions that led you to your current situation. Try our new flavors exclusive to Matt Cedric's Discount Goods and Adventures Emporium. Berry Blitz, Melon Melee, and Arctic Gel. Side effects may include delusions of grandeur, increased risk of infection, drowsiness, impotence, red ache, and bloody stool. Ask your cleric if healing potions are right for you. My prices are so low, I'm practically giving this stuff away. How do I do it? Don't worry about it. Come on in to Matt Cedric's Discount Goods and Adventures Emporium. We have convenient locations in a city near you. Just talk to the town guard for directions. Matt Cedric's Discount Goods and Adventures Emporium, where the only thing matter than me is the savings. Matt Cedric's got the deals. The music you heard on this episode was Water Prelude, Road to Hell, Tempting Secrets, Death of Kings, and Majestic Hills by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License. You can find that at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 3.0.